0: hi and welcome to this podcast episode of dead folks as
1: opposed to our televised episode
0: as opposed to the televised episode also this is not the opera version we're still working on the italian translations of that (laughs) why am i the way i am (laughs) let's start again hi (laughs) (laughs) okay one more time hi This is Brick Aiello and Haley White and we are dead folks I mean we're not dead but (laughs) we are the people who do dead folks the podcast dead folks okay let's do it again (laughs) okay you got this I can't look at you I have so much faith in you Hi, this is Brooke Ayello, and I'm Haley White, and this is the Dead Folks Podcast. Today we have a guest, Terry Lewis, and this is our fourth episode. I've been informed. <laughs> cool, that's a good start. Great, great.
1: Is it a So just a f- few things from last time. Yeah. Number one, you recommended a book.
0: Yes, I recommended Tracy Chevalier's Fallen Angels. Um, Tracy Chevalier is most known for like taking a, a piece of artwork and creating like a fictional narrative around it. This particular um, narrative had like two cemetery statues that were popular at the same time. One was an angel, one was an urn. And she kind of used those things to explore these different... Ideas. Uh, I really enjoy her. I haven't read anything by her in a hot second, but I really like her.
1: And we just want to mention that because mm-hmm. we forgot the name last time. So the other thing I want to address really quickly—that was Terry Lewis. You guys, he's uh-huh. he's coming up shortly. Sorry. Get excited! Get excited! He he's a he's a first name last name person. He's like <laughs> someone that you you don't just say Terry. You say Terry Lewis.
0: Oh, we forgot to tell Terry what we wanted from him.
1: <coughs> well, we will. Sorry. Okay. But before we get to Terry Lewis, double name. Um, uh, just, just, I, so I listened to last week's episode with a tender ear cause I've been really busy lately, which makes me really tired, which makes me very sensitive. So everything just makes me cry. <laughs> and this last episode, I, I've been hearing so, so many good things and good feedback from people, but this last episode I had, I almost didn't want to put up because there were a lot of things I said that made me cringe. And we just want to really quickly say that we know that we are very privileged people and we have a very limited scope of what grief is. And we will talk about that more later sometimes. But for anybody who's listening who thinks, God, they've got that wrong. Uh, we know. We know. <laughs> and... Um, Please, uh, if you would be interested in talking, we, we, we want to get very better at this before we are making calls out live to people that we don't know in our inner circle. but we, we do want to open up dialogue for people. Who yeah, have please do not experience.
0: you know, please do not hesitate to correct us. Also, please do not feel obligated to take on the burden of correcting us. Like, I think Haley and I are both very aware of the fact we are, pretty awful white women and we work pretty hard to counteract it but uh, i mean obviously fail because we've we've been enjoying the privileges of of uh imbalance in the power structures of america for our whole lives so there we have it yeah and i
1: also to my sister who we vouched is a listener yes i want to say i know that if i were to lose you that it would break me in half and that i yeah, i think she you know what i meant when i was pontificating last time about that it wouldn't be as hard as mom but it would change me in ways i don't even want to think about because i'll start crying right now so i'm
0: pretty sure Lindsay right now is rolling her eyes like <laughs> oh my god you're so no <laughs> but like lovingly
1: in a loving way she's probably crying too
0: oh my god you guys i wish i had a sister sometimes it's really wonderful not that my brother isn't enough damn it look we're doing it already. Yeah. We have to just forget anyone listens. <laughs> I do. I have to just assume no one listens. Yeah. Otherwise, I'll never say anything honest.
1: I love that people listen because it makes me want to do better. Because I, what, what I hear is that people are like, "Thank you for making this space for talking about these things," because you know there isn't a whole lot of space for those things. So,
0: okay, yeah. Well, moving Speaking to of. the topic that we have today, it's one um, that I excited to talk about that feels awkward (laughs) (laughs) but um we have terry lewis on because we want to talk about uh pet grief and how the grief around losing your pet is often um just as painful as a loved one and yet uh, so often ignored or trivialized by our society Mm -hmm. i'm gonna start with my story sure And then Terry can do his, or should we flop flip it?
1: Well, I just, I think we can go in that order. I just want to introduce Terry to (gasps) viewers. Oh, that's right. They don't know him. I keep saying viewers, listeners. (laughs) For those of you who don't know Terry Lewis, he is a beautiful man. And this is coming from a man-hating feminist. (laughs) No, I love men too. Uh, I don't. He is a beautiful, kind generous sensitive lovely talented intelligent man and we're so happy to have him here and um yeah so so he's our very first guest (gasps) and that's right yeah so that's worth celebrating in itself bursting our guest cherry (laughs) oh my totally different direction um and I'm the reason so uh, yeah and the reason he's here is because he's a friend to both of us and um, we appreciate his insight so we'll have Brooke talk first and then we'll have him talk but um Terry feel free to we, you don't have to limit your scope to just pet death if you want to talk mm-hmm. about any kind of loss um, and it doesn't even have to be death related but we have him here because he is sensitive and kind and and we think has a
0: yeah, an animal lover a true an a, animal a lender, true animal lover yes <clears throat> who puts his money where his mouth is absolutely and is also a vegan fancy <laughs> so uh, let me just talk a little bit about the loss of my sweet baby girl Imogen who I actually lost less than 12 months after I lost my mom and you know what I say sometimes is like listen I I lost my mom and my cat in the same 12 month period and I can assure you that losing my cat hurt more in a lot of ways. And some people are like soups horrified by that and I don't mean that I didn't love my mom. I know that she's a person. I know that my cat is a cat. I get it. Uh, but my cat was my best friend and my roommate and in so many ways like the love of my life for 18 years. And, you know, she moved with me everywhere, and she was unfailingly there for me. And she, I actually got her, I had a suicide attempt in uh, 2001. Anyhow, I got me sweet little dumb Imogen, who was like cuddled in the back. And when I picked her up, she just kind of went limp, like a sweet dummy. Oh, I want to kiss her face right now so bad. Anyways, uh, so I had that cat with me through... uh, a lot of hard times like I I basically got her because I realized like it was one of the things like that allowed me to attempt suicide was well I don't have anyone who I'm responsible for Mm -hmm. so something about having that little creature that I cared about that I loved who depended on me was like the the breaks I needed at the time to like stop and reassess things when they when emotions felt really overwhelming So in in so many ways, that cat saved my life many times. Mm. Anyways, I also want to say that when she died, my friends were amazing in acknowledging how important she was to me in my life, and I'm eternally grateful to that. And I don't think I would have made it through her passing if I had not had friends as as really wonderful as I did.
2: You know, I think that's the key to all of this is having people acknowledge it, that it is... That grief can be just as real and just as powerful as as a person, as any other loss in your life, you know, for animal people. And I think that's hard because some people aren't animal people and they just don't get it, mm. you know, if you've never connected with one of their souls. The first time that I experienced true loss with a pet, I was, um, because I'd always loved animals. We'd always raised animals and we were on a farm and we had farm animals and I was an FFA and I... I eventually stopped being an FFA because I realized as I was raising these animals, my mind made, th- I, I I guess was in blissful ignorance for so long about what happened to them. I was thinking about selling them and they go off to a farm somewhere, which <laughs> is not what happens. Uh, and then I eventually made the connection and was like, oh. But then my dog, Sylvester, that we'd had since I was, you know, a little kid, little, little terrier, he actually looked dead on like Toto from Wizard of Oz. Like, Aww. dead on. Um, and he... I was in college, and I remember coming home from class, and uh, he was, I think he was like a month shy of his 21st birthday, and I came home one day and went to check on him, and he, you know, was collapsed in a pile, and it was the first time that I've ever, that I was with someone making their transition, and it was incredibly transformative, but I remember just, isn't that funny, it's been like 30 years or something, and I'm still when I think about it, but it was the most transformative thing to sort of be with him and just, you know, stroke his fur and tell him it's okay to go. And there was something there that was meant to be that I was there that I just and I think I I think I cut a class to be honest was the reason I was home. I shouldn't have been home, and I was at that perfect amount of time. And I just sat there. I think it took about two hours for him to go, and I just stroked his fur and just lost it. But and then I remember a tremendous amount of guilt, too, because he was a an outdoor dog. Mm-hmm. And then now my entire family are these we've all had a gestalt shift. Mm-hmm. You know, now our pets live in our houses, in our beds. And I think we're still kind of making up for some of that karma. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that was the first time that that happened and that I really felt that I guess it became real that, oh, yeah, they do die because he'd been, you know, 20 years old. I'd had him forever. Mm-hmm. and So then um that was Sylvester and then his um, his mate, we had him a little girl named Tweety, we named them Sylvester and Tweety. Mm-hmm. I moved out and, and got married and, and she was still living with my parents and then I think one night she was so blind, she ended up falling in the swimming pool and couldn't get out oh. and my parents had to, they had had um, a puppy too that, that one night had gotten out but then I found her on the road. It was their puppy, Sylvester and Tweety's puppy and she was dead on the road. I, I think just all of those kind of together began the, my journey to being vegan. And mm-hmm. I started making the connection all over the place, uh, you know, just what they mean to us and how powerful it is. And then I didn't have anything for a long time until my wife and I got married and we, we got these two kittens, these little sister kittens. And then uh, and then I got my dog Chloe, who's now 14. And she, I was, I was just, the only reason I brought it up is you made me think of it. After and I divorced, Chloe is the only thing that kept me going. I had moved back in with my parents and I'm quite honestly I'm terrified of death. I really am. I always have been. I know at some point I think I'm going to come to a Zen realization you know and I understand it on paper but I remember being having suicidal thoughts for the first time in my life and the only thing that kept me going was that dog. She had been incredibly abused and we sort of saved each other and she's now 14 and so That is always at the back of my mind, every single day. So, Chloe, then I got Sophie, then I got Brian, so I have three dogs. And then came Annie. And Annie was this little stray cat, she was living under a dumpster, and she was so friendly and so beautiful. And I did not want a cat, I love cats, but I just was like, I have three dogs, that's enough for a small home, I can't. And I just eventually went, no, I have to do it. And that cat changed my whole, I became a cat person. God, I love that cat. But the and then the and then she got a thing um, it came out of nowhere when it, she was 5 years old and you know and, and my dogs are 14, 12 and 10. So my expectation was that Annie was going to outlive all of them. I was going to, you know, she was an indoor only cat, she spayed, had all of her shots. She should have lived to be, you know, 20 at least. But she got something called FIP. There's no test for it. It's not treatable and it's always fatal, almost always fatal. And she, she lasted a week. I remember one day coming home from lunch, and of course I was trying to be at home every hour of the day, and I came home for lunch, and she was under the couch, and she wasn't moving. And I just, like, primal, you know, wailed, screamed, was it. And then I reached in to, to pet her fur, and then her head moved, and so she she hadn't quite passed yet. And I, But it was weird, because it, I had kind of had my final goodbye. I And I, I heard her that, I think it was the next night um, in the middle of the night it was like 2 in the morning or something and I, she woke me up with like, a little shallow breathing or something <laughs> I heard it behind me but I had in a strange way it was weird because Sylvester had prepared me and I'd been with my grandfather when he died and a dear friend of my ex-wife's when she died and so I was sort of prepared for it and I knew it was coming and I thought you know this isn't and I wanted to have the get all emotional but I thought no this you know it isn't about me this is her transition this is her so all you have to do is just you know pet her and let her go and tell her it's okay and how much I love her and I did and it was really peaceful and um it was awful really 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 awful but I'm so thankful and blessed for the time we had together yeah and then for those people that know me then you know like literally a week later there was um this little cat this little kitten found in the middle of Olive Avenue, found within a hundred yards of where I found Annie, and I was like, "Oh my God, no!" Because I thought, well, first of all, I'm never getting a cat again, and then I thought, if I do, it's going to be years. And but then this little kitten, someone had dropped her in the middle of the road. Mm. I went, okay, you know, yeah, I saved a life, and that helped me. You know, I well, the, I thought, okay. And I'm not necessarily a believer in that kind of thing, but I thought, like, okay, this is a sign. You yeah. Know, this yeah. is Annie gone here. <laughs> I know you need something. Because I was kind of paralyzed with grief for a while. Yeah. So.
0: Now, did you find that your friends, for the most part, got it or. Well,
2: you guys were amazing. Um, yeah, for those of you <laughs> that don't know how amazing they are, they really were. And they got me a little. Um, what would you call it? Um, uh, mm. Not a plaque, I can't think of the word, but like a stone, memorial stone mm. with Annie's name on it to put in the garden. So that specifically was amazing. And that was, I can't even tell you what that meant to me. But yeah, thankfully, I think everybody in my life knows how much, how hard I love and mm-hmm. how much I love animals and really reached out and said all the right things. Yeah, and yeah. And
0: goodness. was your work understanding? Yeah. That's yeah. really lucky.
2: I mean, I, w- I'm I love where I work. It's I'm so so very lucky
0: so terry lewis also <coughs> child of privilege it turns out <laughs> <laughs> right yeah right. I, mean, I mean you know but but seriously um it is such a privilege because i know so many people who you know would lose a a a, a pet and there would just be no empathy from anybody mm. my 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 dad who's normally such a rock for me did not get it hmm. And I don't know if it's, like, the generational thing. I don't know if it's a dad thing. Is he not a pet person? He is. Like, there is this dog named Allie that my dad loves so much, I'm jealous of this dog sometimes. (laughs) One time, why am I so evil? This is why I'm going to die alone. I said to him, well, Dad, you know how long German shepherds live, right? Like, there's a chance Allie will outlive you, but it's not super strong and (laughs) i've never seen oh why am i laughing oh i'm so evil like him do the math in his little old man brain he was like shut up and he's like ellie you come here and gave his dog a big old
1: bear hug i wonder if how much of that is so similar to even with human grief oh yeah that people don't know until they've lost someone like very very close to them Hmm. what it is and so especially with something like pet grief that that we don't talk about or value the same that that you wouldn't yeah connect those two things
0: i don't know yeah i mean i i think i was really lucky too with imogen it's because i was kind of infamously in love with her uh I, i don't think anybody even if they didn't think she was worthy of my immense Primal scream outpouring of grief. I don't think anybody would have dared say anything.
1: I wonder how much. Because there are people like you who are very outwardly in love with your pets, and they're very much part of your lives. And then there are people who you don't necessarily see them talking or posting uh, on Facebook about their pets. And then when they do post about them dying, you go, "Oh, that's sad." But but it like I you know I someone on my Facebook posts about losing a pet every day, and the ones that I that make my heart break are when it's you two or Karen when she lost Nick or things things where you know their pet is held to the same level as a family member but but it's just because people aren't talking about it even just like they're not talking about their family doesn't mean it's not
0: no a hundred percent true it's the same with i
1: think certain losses of uh, human losses that we don't put in that box that we define as what your bereavement leave is for your your parents or your sibling or your child but maybe you have a coworker that or neighbor or someone that...
0: Or even like a cousin or a second cousin that you were raised with that's uh, practically a brother.
1: Or someone in the community that you just really, really admire. Even celebrities sometimes. Like, like there are people who shape us, yeah. you yeah. know? Right. And And there are... I remember um, when Prince died, I had a couple friends who were just like very heavily hit by that loss. Yeah. And, you know, I don't have that connection. I love his music, but but you're not you know, when Bob Dylan dies, it's I'm going to need to be home. I
0: know. I know. We're ready for it. (laughs) Thank you. We have a we have a kit. A Bob Dylan Oh Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Hold
1: tight, listeners. We (laughs) (laughs) Brooke tried to make a joke and her entire microphone rejected the joke and popped off.
0: But it's such a good joke.
2: (laughs) That was Bob Dylan cursing you right there.
0: No, but seriously, That was I gonna saying I'm never gonna die.
1: Right? Uh, so we're gonna figure that out. Uh, nice. We're gonna hold for a second.
0: Just a quick pause.
1: Okay, Phew. we're we're back. Wait. The Here microphone, we are. Okay. the great microphone catastrophe right. of 2019 yeah, has been remedied. Quite a thing. It has
0: been in a few short minutes. Whew. Wow, that was exciting. Got my that's heart moving. Right.
1: Yeah, that's that's like, what is it called in a in a piece of theater? I'm a writer and I don't know. The Climax? The Climax. of so was climactic.
0: Mm. So this is all denouement? <sighs> yes.
2: I, I guess it is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. We're so pretentious. <laughs> right?
1: What? We or are we not. would be if I could think of words.
2: You know what I was going wait, to... Wait, can nope. I... Yeah, go ahead. This isn't even related to me, but this is... It's funny, this whole thing, it's been very fresh on my mind because my friend Sarah in New York... So Sarah had a dog. She was out on the streets of New York. They were doing a walk and she got spooked and she pulled out of her leash harness, ran into traffic and was killed right in front of her. Oh, Oh my God. And Sarah's been devastated for weeks. I mean, she, you know, to the, but it's been really, the pet grief has really been fresh in my mind again because of Sarah. And I thought, my God, death in any way it comes with people. There's that kind of, in a way, it's a blessing that it's over fast. Or, you know, do you get a chance to say goodbye kind of thing, you know, even though you're watching them suffer. And so, you know, I hated, right. I just can't imagine, but a young, sweet little full of life puppy and gone in an instant. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's just so devastating. And Sarah was just absolutely in love with that dog. And yeah. it's been so hard for her. And I've been trying to reach out as much as I can. I know her other friends have too, but, and maybe other people don't understand that, you know, well.
1: and what hits me is just how much even in in life for people it so mirrors human relationships Mm -hmm. because you have something that is a roommate essentially that of course you're gonna have annoyances with like a real person you were talking about the guilt at the end and and all those feelings that come where it's not just we think a a pet oh that's sad but you don't think about all those other guilt and shame and Mm. and different type of feelings that come along with regular grief and uh, the whole process you were talking about when she was not um, gone when you got home and you, you had to sit there and keep saying goodbye. Like that that was my entire experience with sitting with my mom in a coma for weeks. Right. It's also similar. And then afterwards, the whole, you have some friends who understand it, you have some friends who don't, you mm. y- you see your loss and other people's loss. Like it, it's very much the same thing. And this is coming from a person who, my mom was not an animal person so we had one dog growing up that was an outdoor dog and um it was really my sister's dog I wasn't I was sort of mad that she was able to get a dog and that that no one told me like they showed up one day and had a dog and I was like what is this bullshit like I I didn't know this was an option, so I always sort of resented the dog a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but then was like really sad when yeah, it died. And, I, and there, and we, and I, I have the same like guilt. I think my whole family actually, except for my mom, because she was not an animal person. But my dad, my sister, and I, um, all, all were like, if there is a hell and we go there, it's because of we did not love that dog enough and give mm. that dog enough um, attention and and you know safety and everything else. So. um I just, I don't, you know, I don't think people account for how hard the grieving process is for humans, but I just think it's the same that pets and humans, it's all loss. It's even losing, losing things that aren't people or, or animals or things like just losing opportunity, losing, losing potential, like, like grief in general is just something that we, n- I wish the whole world made more space for.
0: Yeah, because I think that there is this immediate expectation that you get right back on that horse. Yeah. Like, well, like when my mom died, and it was not just my mom dying, it was the results of that horrible election, it was losing that job I thought I had for sure. And it was her, and it was all in one. And there's this like weird the weird way it's tied up together, but then also it's like, oh, well, you shouldn't be mad about not getting a job because it was like never yours. And that you should be over that. And I mean, I am over it now, like, (laughs) quickly I got over it, but like, that's neither here nor there. Like, Mm -hmm. not getting a job, not getting into grad school. I mean, if I was gonna count on my hand, the greatest griefs in my life. You know, I'm not sure the not getting into grad school the first time around wouldn't be on there. Like it right. was devastating,
1: yeah, that it's not all just death it's and yeah. it's not all human death, yeah. yeah.
2: And I think what's so hard too is <coughs> with other people, uh, or what I've felt sometimes is like you you don't get to tell me
0: mm.
2: how to grieve, when to grieve, how much to grieve, you know, you, you you just your job is to just sit back and support that person you know, in whatever way they need. But you can't step in and tell someone, well, you shouldn't still be grieving or, you you know, this is too long or this is too much. We all grieve differently at different levels. We have different experiences. And you have to honor that in each person, I think. And so often people don't.
0: Yeah. And I think that is there is a constant pressure to just like hurry up and be over it. Like just get over it. They just don't want you to be a downer anymore.
1: Yeah.
0: I I mean, even people who love you, Uh, which you can empathize with. Right. I mean. I can empathize with that. Hmm. On the other hand, I think for me making, trying to not feel it and get over it only prolongs it for me. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, I have to sit in the disappointment of it. I have to sit in that disappointment for. Yeah.
1: Well, and that it doesn't all come at once. Like, it, like you said, like with Sarah's losing her Ivy, that it brings it back up, that, that that's how grief is. Grief mm-hmm. works the same way with pet loss that it does with human loss. That
0: Like when that cat showed up. Remember, oh yeah. there's this cat. Did I tell you this? There's I, I didn't tell you, Lindsay, so I'll tell you <laughs> um, this cat showed up dying on my doorstep one oh morning yeah, on the my way me. to work. And it was it was heartbreaking. It was so hard and it was so much like Imogen and the cat even looked a little bit like Imogen, but just dying, just having a hard time, just obviously dying yeah. and like and all you could do was just like pet its little head and. And tell it it was a good cat, and and watch him go. And it was, I was wrecked for a, w- a week and a half after that. Yeah, it was so. It it, yeah.
2: It was rough on you.
0: It was really. I was like, yeah. uh, yeah. And it, w- it w- you know, I didn't. I'd never even met this cat before.
2: Yeah. I think part of the animal grief thing too, for me or for a lot of people, is that there's. It's it's like children in a sense. It's they're just innocence. Mm. They live life so purely, and so it's so. At least for me, it's so easy to grieve those losses because they're. I don't know. Maybe it's just all the. The attributes of human beings that I you know, that tend to annoy me, right? mm. <laughs> you know? and you all the baggage and the you know the when they make poor decisions or whatever. But you know, animals are just so pure. Even I think something like that when you don't know them, it's still an innocent life. You know, and it it that that pure love that pure joy that that's what's so hard for me the loss yeah. of an animal you know they're they're just all living in the moment and it's all right there on the surface and it's even when you don't know them it's hard
0: mm. yeah i will say though that like my son prospero is legit a murderer so <laughs> like
2: well but that's also his instinct that's you know
0: i would die for you prospero doesn't matter what I'm saying right now. I would die for you. I've
2: often said that. I hope that when I do die, that I'm food for my animals until they can be rescued.
0: Shut up. I say that, too, all the time. And people look at me like I'm so weird. I'd be happy to go
2: that way if (gasps) they had to.
0: Right? People are like, your cats are going to eat you, you old, weird cat lady. And I'm like, first of all, this isn't helping your grade, so please stop. (laughs) Secondly, and great
2: first of all i thought we had more time on this line at starbucks so
0: (laughs) (laughs) secondly um and so what what a noble way for the carcass that remains after me to be used
1: um something i just was thinking of that i'm changing the subject but um just when you guys were talking about people who reached out to you afterwards and were like, even though we live in a world that doesn't that, that there were people. I just want to talk about how, how little effort it takes to be one of those people and how, how long that goes, how far that goes. Yeah. And that if you are someone who understands that, that grief, no matter what the loss is, is hard that to just send, just send a text to just send an email or if you have the time or money to send a gift to show up Mm -hmm. that it doesn't it's nothing and and it's the kind of stuff you remember I think of I have a couple friends who showed up at my mom's funeral that I never would have thought would have shown up Mm. in
0: addition to me Uh, you were there yes Mm -hmm.
1: Um, and I have some very, very, very close friends, and none of my coworkers showed up at the time at this place that was like family. Yeah, you know, I've since left that job, but I very clearly know who was there and who wasn't, and and who reached out and who didn't, yeah. and, and and sometimes just as simple as just saying just i think there's this thing where people are afraid to name it they're afraid like oh if i talk about annie in front of terry he's going to start crying or or something like that but just to say hey i heard and i'm so sorry that's all it is that's That's all all you have to do and and it can go so so far yeah well i think it's the thought
0: yeah i I mean it's i just remember it was the only thing i wanted to talk about and it felt like it was the only thing the people around me didn't want to talk about right
2: it can be very uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, and yeah.
2: And I remember when you guys, when you reached out with what you did, I think a little time had passed, and I was trying, and I remember that night when I came home, and I, you know, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but it sort of brought it all up again. Yeah. It, it was very fresh, but but in such a positive way, and it, I can't even tell you what that meant. It was, and c- because I think that's the thing, too. R- often we can, we'll, we'll say something consolatory right after it happens and then that's it but but the people that love you the people that know that check in again two days later a week later two Mm. weeks later that's where I think you know because it's easy initially to go I'm so sorry and then never talk about it yeah
0: yeah throw you that text at the anniversary yeah or even
1: recognize six months later a year later two years later that in your behavior and in your choices, that that is something that is still guiding you. Yeah. You know,
0: I just think I wish if, if there was anything, it would just be that we could live in a space that there would be more space created to name the uncomfortable, unnameable things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like everything. Like I just, I think it would help so many, so many different aspects of our life. If there could just be spaces created where we just say like, Like the fact we're awful white women. Mm -hmm. Like if there, I mean, it's it's so comfort. It's gives me so much comfort that I have friends where I can just be like, hey, I'm I'm horribly full of privilege, and we're both not beating ourselves up for it all the time, but we're also really trying to be super aware of it, and and there's room to call each other out on stuff that. That is, I think, I think great, and I think you've even called me out on some stuff where you've been like, you can't use that, and I'm like, but, and you've been like, no, Ayello, you're so pretty, but no, <laughs> and I've been
1: like, all right. <laughs> I wish for that too. The other thing you were talking earlier about the purity of animals and the love of them and, mm-hmm. and even that, even, even loving people unabashedly and, and animals openly like our, our society, we're not very, our, our culture doesn't really appreciate loving things. Like we, you know, everything from mm. being nerds to, to who you love to, if you have a crush on someone, like we don't welcome just loving out loud and openly, very much. Not at all. Absolutely. And um, I think that goes hand in hand with what comes after. Well, of course you. The grief is is the op, is the the loss of that deep, deep, deep love yeah. that we don't even talk about beforehand. So of course we don't talk about it after because we are all uncomfortable with death. Yeah. So um, that I too. I, I just was remember.
0: For. I'm so sorry to talk over you. I love you so much. Don't I be talk mad. Over you too. Um, I remember. Like right when Imogen died. (laughs) Um, That I remember, uh, for some reason, I just remember feeling like, uh, I mean, I did not primal cry when I found out my mom died. I went into, like, management mode. And I have done a little bit of primal crying in my life, but not since I've been on my meds. However, when, thank you, when Imogen died, I did have that moment, but very quickly this thought popped into my mind that's like to make the grief bearable because i did feel like i was being broken into i remember thinking like no 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 this grief is the is the is the payment for the love Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right like this this grief can only happen because of the love like this was the this is the only way that the a can happen is if this thing happens Mm -hmm. and That brought me such a bizarre sense of comfort to think of that. Like I'm only hurting because I was a because she was so good and we and I loved her so much. Mm. Right. And God, Imogen, you're the best cat. I love you.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Hey, she and Annie are palin'. Oh my gosh. I didn't even think about that.
0: I didn't either, except I don't know that Imogen would get along with Annie. Maybe (laughs) not.
2: Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. That's okay.
0: Just Imogen wasn't good with other cats.
2: But things could be different up there. Who knows?
0: Oh my gosh. Let's hope, the right?
2: The only I, I have to tell you sometimes I'm not I've gone back and forth through my life being spiritual, not spiritual, believing in a higher power, not believing in a higher power. I'm not exactly sure what it is that I believe. Um I do in my head, I love what dreams may come. Mm -hmm. I love that idea of our own personal heaven that you kind of create. And like, I kind of hold on to that. But I have to tell you, the idea of the Rainbow Bridge is like, (laughs) I mean, I know it's hokey and I know, you know, and fanciful and whatever, but I really hold on to that. That idea that they're going to be there waiting when I get there is like, yeah, huge for me. And that's what I'm going to choose to believe. And, you know, as, I'm, as I transition, that'll be in my head of, you know, that they're all going to be there waiting. And, you know. Mm.
1: I wish we our Internet was working so I could pull up that poem. Which one?
2: There's
0: the a Rainbow, Rainbow Bridge. Bridge. poem. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there probably is. So any final thoughts?
0: Uh, I don't want to do a final thought right now. I want to go last.
1: Okay, do you have a final thought, Terry? Um, thank you for being here. <gasps> thank know. you for sharing.
2: Well, thank you for having me. Oh, I love um, you so
0: much, little
2: Terry Lewis. I had a weird, can I do, I don't know, a little weird thing last night? Yeah, Did the, but Not about pets, about people? Yeah, Yeah. I was at a show last night. I went to a high school show of one of my students, and I ran into my friend who had lost his wife, and I could see I hadn't. I wasn't able to go to the funeral. I hadn't reached out specifically other than to his family. You know, but I could see he was still grieving and I could see he had to leave the conversation early. Yeah. And I did not know what to do. And I feel like I failed him last night. But I love these discussions that you guys are having because this is helping me sort of. I guess it's also okay to recognize the fact when we get uncomfortable with grief that isn't our own. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I
2: didn't know how to address it there. I didn't know if bringing it up would make it better. I didn't know, you know, I wasn't exactly sure what to do. And then he left and I thought, you lost an opportunity to say something kind. And, you know, and I didn't do it. And now I. I feel guilt about that, but I'm really glad that you are doing this because this is helping me think about it more clearly. So,
1: so a few things about that because I know mm. you, and I loved oh, so much wonderful. And I was at her funeral, and I think um, something worth talking about on a future episode is like um, the perfect funeral and 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 how that is just really being personalized to the person, and hers was so her and i had a similar conversation with where where he just needed to sort of collect himself and walk away and i Mm -hmm. think that's normal and i think it's more about the person and what they're doing than you and if you notice it and want to reach out and just say hey i recognize the space you're in or whatever this is me so one of the things i learned about myself last time is that i'm constantly trying to fix things which i'm a virgo so mm-hmm. I need order, and I hate ambiguity, and I'm just like, oh, if this is wrong, let me, fix let me give you advice to fix it. And I'm, as we say every episode, not a health professional and oh. shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm consciously working on it, viewers, listeners. Jesus Christ, <laughs> listeners.
0: Okay, first of all, I don't know why you're mad at Jesus. He did not do anything about your word choice.
1: I don't know Jesus very well.
0: Well, I do, luckily.
1: And I don't need to, so please don't come knocking on my door. <laughs> <laughs> don't,
0: don't, don't, calm down. I will <laughs> Sorry, you're so mad at I me, know, and all sorry. I am is sitting here making a joke. I'm not mad choke. at Jesus either. Golly, that's my new voice now. I'm going to do the whole podcast <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't. I I think that. Do I have a final thought? Yeah, I do. My final thought is we talk about things that we are learning from like listening to this podcast, and this is our fourth episode we've recorded. What I am most struck with that I'm learning is really how incredibly lucky I am to have the people in my life that I have in my life. Um, just th- friends' responses and uh, getting to work on something with Haley again, who's just a delightful pixie of idea and artistry and We've never been called a pixie until <laughs> this moment oh, well there's a new there's a time for everything
1: all five nine of me is just
0: well all five ten of me is throat. saying you're a pixie and then six one of me <laughs> is so saying nothing okay good good call. call thank you be quiet yeah. um, <laughs> I know uh, my
2: place as a white man in society and that you. is now to take a step
0: back yeah thank you just listen instead of speak yep Great. Uh, I'm the one who interrupts. Uh, <laughs> anyways, I just wanted to say um, I am incredibly grateful, both for my friends and for what a cathartic experience this has been for me. And I think it's um, deep in my friendships, deep in my relationships with my family, and even right now I, I find that we're wrapping up, and I'm just so profoundly grateful to have gotten to know Imogen. Hmm. And have her in my life. Mm-hmm. It was the one time.
1: Uh, yeah, I was gonna say it's so beautiful, and I love that you said profound <laughs> once this episode. <laughs> that's her word. We oh, notice because okay. we listen when we hear back. We we hear what what we repeat, and her word is Without profound. Without even realizing, I say yeah. you know a lot, and I also go for me. <laughs> I like when I counter you, for me,
2: actually, <laughs> a as a man, that's what you're right, supposed I to be. I was trying to jokingly mansplain, but I'm not going to do that's that.
0: always a hilarious joke yeah well do you want do you want to share anything guest terry
2: no i already did thank you this was lovely thank you so much oh thank you for allowing me to share my little bit of annie oh
0: mm, i loved her so much you. she was a good cat yeah so
1: grateful for this podcast grateful to keep doing it even though i think another great thing about this podcast is being forced to put it out every week mm. even if it's not perfect because as an artist, as a Virgo, as a perfectionist, I want everything to be finalized and, and controlled. And uh, sometimes this isn't. And I think it's very good for me to just have that.
0: Yeah, so I'm glad we agreed to do 10 I and and then I reassess. Th- yeah,
1: I already feel like I want to do more because I feel like this is a very health healthy part of my week. And I m- appreciate you too, so... And I appreciate our first guess. Yay! Oh, yay. Oh, also, I'm astrology sorry. probably isn't real. Okay, oh. yay! Did and you say yeah. Santa Claus N- isn't real? <gasps> stra- is <it? gasps> I would never say something stra- like. Oh, you're so wrong. But I I'm am
2: I'm a Leo to my core. Like it, I fit nothing else like I fit Leo, except that I also have Virgo rising.
0: I'm a Leo, Leo, but it's not real. I well, but okay. it's fun. It is fu- it is legit fun. I will go down the fun road all the way with you. I I will say that mm. I Yes
1: disagree with you and we'll end on that. No bye.
0: Bye <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye. Is it a wall? Is it a well? Is it a building or a bridge? Sometimes it's hard for me to tell what
1: fucking structure is.